0: And Small doses. Self help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and M. It's so funky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. It is another edition of Small Doses podcast. You know, we've been talking about a lot of stuff relating to. Uh, you know, social justice, because that's just kind of what's on my mind every freaking day at this point. But I wanted to do an episode. I wanted to at least hearken back to an episode that was more specifically just about, you know, what it is being in your skin. And uh, this episode is a refill of the Jasmine Sullivan Girl Like Me episode we did where we literally just talked about the song featuring her. And... I really felt like this is the time for this is a good time for this episode. One because we do have a lot of folks that are going back to school and that are going to school and so I know there's a lot of young women that are like heading out into the world for the first time and in doing so there is something to be said for like how your identity gets shaped by outward means. Please, I think a great college gift to give your young person is my book Small Doses. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to sell books. I'm saying that because I literally genuinely wrote it because I wanted it to be like a a reference book for, for folks that are just like in the world and trying to identify how they see the world. And I'm not saying that you need to read the book to follow me, but using the book as a point of reference for how you identify your own ways of looking at the world. And I saw someone this morning send me a DM and they were like, you should give this book to every college student. And I was like, you know what? That's, a, that's right. And so next year, I feel like I'm, I'm going to try and figure out a way where I can get the books to college students. But, um, you know, this, this song, Girl Like Me, is so potent. And I know that Jasmine won her Grammy for her album, Hotels, as well as for the song, Pick Up Your Feelings. But this song absolutely uh, is an incredible piece of work because I think it speaks so honestly about how so many women's views of themselves get distorted based on these internets. And when I look at just how people are showing up in the world, like it's prevalent. Like it's, it's very, very like right there. I mean, like I saw a video of a woman today who is a rapper from an African country. And I know just by nature of where she's from that, like, Bodies from that country are naturally curvy, naturally voluptuous, but she still felt the need to go the extra mile and augment her body in a way that looks far more like, you know, these Kardashians than like her own natural people, which is actually who the Kardashians are trying to copy. And so much of that, I think, is really garnered by the way that women are viewed on social media and the way that the way that the culture of men talking about women's bodies has extended beyond social media, but like actually to within their relationships. And it really, the song is really just talking about how like, you know... You broke up with me and it wasn't even about me. It was really about like you just wanted somebody with a certain look and I didn't look like that. And so now I feel like the only way for me to feel good about myself is for me to like make the choices about my body that are going to actually like try and get people to big me up in ways that you didn't. Sucks, man. It sucks for folks to be feeling that way. It sucks because... The people who are making you feel that way, they don't care about – they're insecure about themselves. If that's really what that is. So many of these these men that we're talking about when we when we have these discussions are really just trying to affirm themselves based on who they have with them. I mean, the, the idea of the trophy girl, the trophy wife, like that ain't nothing new. It's just that we have now very much so prescribed, subscribed in our own ways to new versions of what that trophy wife actually means or what that trophy girl actually means. On the flip side of it, though, it's also like, do you, (laughs) ma? Do you? What I love about Jasmine Sullivan is I feel like as an artist, we're getting to see her just grow and expand and become so much more of just an honest voice through her music for women across just the Western experience, right? Like I don't feel like she is really giving us any type of cookie cutter type of way of talking about it. But I think that so many of us can relate because the topics that she speaks on are just, they're homegrown. They're grounded, right? They're grounded. They're not related to her celebrity. They're not related to a certain level of beauty. They're really related to a certain level of, to a certain type of spirit and to a certain way that we process things based on just, you know, soul and vibes. And so I really love this entire album Hotels and I love the the overall vision of it which is to discuss just women's experiences in this current climate in a authentic and bold way and this song is no exception. So enjoy this episode, listen to the song, listen to the episode, and also Understand, of course, that to me, the best music goes beyond the music. And that is exactly what happened right here on the Jasmine Sullivan Girl Like Me episode of Small Doses. If you like it, remember to let us know. Download. Download, download the episode and subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. And if you want to see full episodes of Small Doses podcasts, then you can subscribe to the Amandiverse.com. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Um, we've got something new for you, something new for you. So, we've been doing this show for three years, and you know, over that time, we've you know added different uh, elements to it. We've switched up how we do interviews, and we wanted to continue with giving you all new freshness by giving you a new episode type. So. Ever so often, we are going to do side effects of a song where we are going to break down a particular song within the, so- within the small doses um, uh, s- ecosystem, of the, you know, the format, the blueprint of how we break things down. So I'm very excited about this because for me, music really is a big part of healing and about and a part of self-help. And that's what this show has been about for the past three years. So it only felt right to bring music in as like a for real, for real extension of that. I don't know about y'all, but like I have particular playlists that are associated with like different moods. I literally start my day with a playlist that says get you in a good mood. Ultra. ultra. So not just get you in a good mood, but get you in a good mood. Ultra. Because these are ultra good mood songs. I mean, songs on there are like, um, a little bit of love can go a long, long way. I've got, uh, Chris Brown, find China on there. I've got the uh, Jackson five. Can you feel it? sorry. The Jacksons. Can you feel it? Um, I've got uh, c- Currency and Wiz Khalifa, Car Service, because these are songs that really, like, get me in a good place. I mean, Highest Coyote, Building a Ladder. So I wanted to share my music love with you guys, and that's how we're going to be doing it ever so often here at Small Doses with our Side Effects of a Song episode. And our first Side Effects of a Song episode is going to be side effects of the song Girl Like, Girl like Me. By Jasmine Sullivan featuring her. And this is off of Jasmine's most recent project, which I don't know, some people are calling it an LP, an album, whatever. It's a dope ass release, and it's called Ho Tales. And Ho is spelled H-E-A-U-X Tales. <laughs> but the whole album as an avoir of work is really just giving commentary on um. <sighs> Like, women's perspectives in regard to, like, their bodies and uh, relationships in the here and now. And I think it's a really dope album just in terms of, like, how music attaches, how music, particularly Black music, speaks to the Black experience. Because it is very uh connected to the specificities of what it is being a woman in such a technological world a black woman in such a social media world and she has interludes throughout the album uh from different artists and different people talking about like their experiences and like she has one from Ari Lennox saying how like she used to uh fuck with this dude (laughs) And if we knew who it was and we Googled him, we would be shocked. But I, and I feel like she did tell me who it was and I can't remember. And I'm like mad that I can't remember who it was. But basically she said that he dickmatized her and that it was just OD and she couldn't get over it. And then there's another story from a woman who says that, you know, she was dating this woman who she fell in love with. And then she cheated on her with her friend and she like really had fucked up that relationship and that she, you know, had to just take that out. So just, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a dope project to listen to because for for where R&B, I feel, has descended to, this has managed to continue and stay above bar in terms of lyricism and concept. And, of course, it's Jasmine. So, you know, she's singing her ass off. She's running like Flojo on all of these songs, okay? I'll be in the shower thinking I'm doing something. No, ma'am. No, no ma'am. ma'am. So, today's first ever... Small Doses Side Effects of a Song episode is dedicated to Girl Like Me by Jasmine Sullivan, featuring her. Let's get into it. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. So, the way we're going to do jam dropping whenever we're doing a song episode is we are going to talk about a particular set of lyrics and how those are gem drops. I'm going to tell you these lyrics right now. In the song, girl like me jasmine and her are singing about how the internet has affected the way the dude that they were seeing looked at them and thus caused him to break up with them and go seek out one of these quote-unquote instagram chicks who they refer to as hoes and the song is really a lament on this idea that hoes be winning That the women who are on Instagram, you know, presenting themselves within whatever fantasy they want to, that men are buying into and feeding into the male gaze, that that is what a lot of men are considering is their desire for women. And thus, the girl like me, the girl girl next next door, door. is no longer, like, valuable. And thus, it's in the song, and I, I think it's in real life, making a lot of women feel like they're not going to get love or get chosen if they are not making themselves be a part of this hypersexualized uh world of the internet that is being, you know, I don't know, I guess purported as like the it thing. So the lyrics that really stood out to me are when they said, yeah, you're going to make me a gold digger. Maybe I should look like a stripper. Wearing Fashion Nova dresses. All these dudes be so pressed and impressed with it. You leave me with no choice. I can't do this good girl shit no more. I really felt this because I oftentimes look at like the generation that's coming of age and coming into their womanhood now. And I just feel so much for y'all because you are so heavily influenced by so much shit that has nothing to do with you. And it's so hard not to be influenced by it because it's everywhere in a way that it wasn't when I was growing up. The pervasiveness of media is one thing, but then there's also the pervasiveness of your peers is another thing. And that is a mind fuck. And so when you're constantly seeing your peer group on these internets and they're being presented in a fashion that is of perfection and that is of like hyperbole, you know, it's the fattest ass and the biggest titties and the archest eyebrows. It's like you, and you at home looking at this shit and you like, damn, like, is that what it gotta be to be somebody? Like, there's, so much um, pressure that I feel like is unduly put on folks to feel like that's a standard of beauty. And that ultimately, that really isn't a standard of beauty in the real world, but within these internets, it gets like passed around and it feels like it's the everything because it's everywhere. And I know people have asked me like, you know, why do you go on your Instagram like just looking crazy? And it's because- ultimately, I just don't want that pressure on me to always look good. I started out with like, okay, I got to get my face together and my hair's right to do a video. I did that about twice. And I was like, fuck Fuck out of here. I just can't keep it up. I just can't keep it up. It just doesn't feel like something I'm willing to do. And it's also like, well, why are you doing it? Is it because you feel like this is the only way people are going to listen to you? Um, you know, and and there's something to be said for that fact when you're doing like television and you're hosting, but it's just that the internet is this really uh, nebulous place that in some in some moments feels like TV and hosting, and in other moments feels like regular life and an extension. And that blurred line can blur the line within yourself of what really is. What you want to be presented—that, like, how do you really want to be presented—and then for the people who are the male, the male gaze that's watching that, I feel like it becomes very similar to like a porn addiction, where you're so accustomed to seeing this this imagery that it becomes what you are attached to, and it detaches you from the reality, which is that these women who you're seeing on there, they don't always look like this. They just always look like this when they come down your timeline. And so when you are with a real woman, you can't even really connect with her because you've made up these fantasies about these other women that exist in this 4 by 4 format scrolling through your screen. You're going to get get let let down. down. I tell you, you're going to get let down. And I think for a lot of women, it's also just a letdown to know that you can't control none of that. Like you just want love, you just want attention, you just want affection. And there's these standards that are being put in place of who deserves that, that are impractical and unrealistic. And then you also know that on the other side of that, those women aren't even that. So everybody losing. And thus, you know, we have to remember that we have to define for ourselves what works for us and what matters to us ultimately, and what we're willing to shift and adjust in order to get what we want for us. And in this song, what basically the message that she's saying is is how so many women feel like in order to get their power back, in order to feel like they are in the mix of worthiness, that they need to do, do, that they're going to do away with these things that um, were just, you know, who they were and they're going to sign up to be a part of this ecosystem of extra. And when she talks about hoes be winning, so many of us feel like we're just watching women who have made the choice to objectify themselves, which, which is, is their complete, complete right. right. But it feels like a lot of times you're watching that become a standard. And that if you're not willing to do that, that you are not considered um, bad about it or that you're not, you know, um, sexy or that you're not, you know, valuable. And that's a frustrating feeling. And I really love this song because it speaks lyrically to the real conversations that a lot of us have in our heads, which is, you know, fuck Fuck it. it. I'm going to just go go balls to the wall then, since that's that's what y'all niggas think that you like. like. And you got to remember that you can never change who you are to appease someone else's shortcomings. Because that's what that really is. It's somebody else's shortcomings. And you know what you know is that at the end of the day, they're going to get the short end of the stick. So do not take no shorts for that shit. DMT, we're serving it. All right, DMT's coming at ya. First question how do you think one can stay grounded and keep a positive self image while still being on slash enjoying social media? How can one help promote that positive self image as well on their own platform? Um, you know, I think it ends up being a part of like balancing what you're doing off of social media as well. You know, the, the world of social media is still a very wild, wild west space that doesn't have a lot of like, solid ground to it. And so we can get really caught up in the mix of it, not really understanding um, where the lines are drawn. And so in the real world, you can see boundaries a lot clearer and you can see what is real a lot clearer. And so it's kind of create, it's necessary, I feel, to create that balance. Now, by the way, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it makes it a lot harder to do that. I do think that something like Clubhouse and like these Zoom sessions does force that in a way because it's it's real-time interaction versus just like, someone putting up an image and then you know people being able to construct and edit and do all of these manipulative things to the response so it still has like an interactiveness to it that we oftentimes are missing in the very um curated spaces that social media has created so i think that's one and then how can one help promote that positive self-image as well on their own platform Well, it's in what you say, it's what you post, it's what you like, it's what you support. You know, everyone is a fan, all of us. That's why it's so annoying to me when people are like, you're a celebrity, you don't know anything about being a fan. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm a fan of mad shit. And before I was a celebrity, I was a fan. I don't even consider myself a celebrity. That's some shit y'all came up with. But in that fandom, what grows and what pops off is based on how it's supported. So a lot of people will be like, I hate the Kardashians because they're so big. And it's like, well, they were made that way. If they, if, if people hadn't supported them, they wouldn't be where they are. Um, you know, people, we, you know, we, we hate Trump, but so many of us have to be real about the fact that Trump is who he is and got to be where he is because so many people gave way for that. So we have to hold ourselves accountable. And in that same token, we hold ourselves up and know that, like, we have power in our voice of what we support. Next question. Do you think the rapidness of the internet has impacted the rate at which beauty ideals change? Hmm. Also, do you think the globalization of the internet has led to more appropriation of Black culture, including body ideals? Man, I definitely feel like the rapidness of the internet has impacted the rate at which beauty ideals change. 1,000%. Because it feels like, you know, as a woman, I um, am watching all these various, like trends happen that seem to be like the thing like i just talk about eyebrows a lot because eyebrows was not really that like deep of a thing like people would get their brows threaded and whatnot but now i feel like it's a fucking class symbol (laughs) it's like a art it's an art form and it's it's really intense you know and people are getting like eyebrow um people are getting eyebrow implants and, you know, doing all types of shit so they can have a certain type of brow. And I'm like, wow, brow, wow. And, you know, the rapidness also it comes in just like how quickly something can just take off. Um, and I, you know, like booties, like big booties has always been like a thing and especially within black culture. But Good Lord, like now when people can assign it to like very immediate, um, very immediate additions of wealth, it, it really makes a lot of people feel like, okay, then that's a way for me to like get on. I just need to get a fat ass. And yeah, I mean, it's not to say that that wasn't always the case, but when you're able to see it in such real time on these internets, it makes it, it makes a, it makes it a hard case to say, you know, find another way. So it's, um, it's tough. It's tough. And people want to be liked. So when you're seeing an image, getting all these likes, it's very tempting to be like, damn, I need to do that too. Because I want to feel that way. I want to feel affirmed in the way that I'm affirming this person. And so, because of that, I think a lot of people feel like they need to alter themselves um, in ways that mimic others instead of identifying the ways in which are natural for them to be affirmed. Do I think the globalization of the internet has led to more appropriation of Black culture? 1 million percent. Like, when you see things like blackfishing, it's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you see these white girls that are legit doing blackface and and making themselves look like some, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, ethnically ambiguous... But definitely black girl type vibes. Like they all look like goddamn um, Rashida Jones and whatnot. And then they're putting like they're putting extensions in and curly hair and then trying to look like me. And it's like, yo, like everybody's Rachel Dolezaling and, and getting away with it as some sort of like, oh, this is just an aesthetic. And it's like, no, you're literally stealing. An identity that you would never claim if you took all of the things that go along with that identity. You're just wearing it as a costume so that you can feel like you are playing in the beauty of blackness for your own leisure. Uh, and it's, it's troubling. It's definitely troubling to see, but I do believe that, you know, the fact that the internet has brought so many folks together. I mean, I saw some Russian girls doing it and that's what happened with Ivy Park. Like they got in some hot water because they had posted some Russian girls who were black fishing in Ivy Park and they couldn't tell that these bras wasn't black. And the, and the Russian girls are like, oh, so you all have the, the monopoly on... Uh, that's, that's a French, French accent, accent, but let me get the Russian accent. That's not Russian. So you're getting, ah, uh, there it is. It is. Something, Something like, like this. this. So, so black people, you are, Re- Rebecca is cringing right now because her mother is Russian, but she'll get through it. So you're so you saying black people only have the right to have, to have black culture? That is not fair. That's ridiculous. Spasiba. Um, yeah. Them chicks that's exactly the problem with the internet's going global folks think that they can have anything and of course we know that the columbus thing that's gone on by white people of many nations doesn't stop just at english so that being said um my answer is yes to that (laughs) next question when will small booty bitches like me make a comeback I don't think I'm ugly or have a bad body, but sheesh, she's the thick, and she, and she puts four Girls out there, and they the way some men rule got me feeling like my time is up. You know, here's the thing about this. It's like, you're so right. Like, that really is the message. The message is like, mm-hmm. big, big girls, up with it. But the fact of the matter is there's what people put out there, and then there's how people live. Right. And I do also know, and this is no shade to the booty girls, but a lot of these dudes can't even handle the actual big booty. So they may want to look at it and they may want to be like, yes, yes, yes. But then in actuality, they can't even really get in there with it. And, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing that that thickness is getting the love that it deserves because for so long, like we were sold just this very waifish type body type as like, this is the gold, this is the gold standard. Um, and so it is beautiful to see like black women in their curviness and in their voluptuousness being given light, you know? I always say like, I am shaped like an iPhone. Uh, I've got some rounded edges, but basically, yeah, we're straight down the line lot of proportion going on over here. So I feel you. I feel you. But the other thing is you just got to find somebody who is about that. Not everybody is about extremes. You know, like, I mean, I'm going to keep it a bug. Like my dude really be like, well, I see that thing poking out. No, you don't. There's nothing poking out right now. I I, I had a little booty at one point in time and in my younger years. And as I've gotten older, it has diminished. Um, And these are things that I've come to deal with. I'm okay with this though. And I found somebody who's okay, who, who actually, they're not, he loves it. He's, so I just want to say like, your time isn't up. It's just that big booty time ain't your time. You on your own time, which is right on time. <laughs> Next question. In a digital world, it's so easy to see what other people are doing, want what they have, and compare. How do you learn from others and strive to achieve without getting into dangerous comparison? You got to check your jealousy. And you're like, I'm I'm not not jealous. jealous. Mm, So here's the thing. Um, A lot of us aren't necessarily, like we don't necessarily classify ourselves as jealous or envious, but we absolutely are competitive. And when you're competitive, it is only natural that you're going to look in the next lane to determine how much faster you need to go. Now, oftentimes, that's actually not the right way to to run a race because typically you run your race and you just run as fast as you can regardless. But when you get to a certain level, you are going to have to determine like the, the way in which you move and the way in which you preserve your energy based on your competitors because you got a lot more races to run. So it can get a lot more, it just isn't always as simple as just run your own race. So I get it. I hear what you're saying. The key to me is really getting grounded and establishing like, what is your own thesis? You know, that's why like with this song, you know, I can understand why, why these young women feel this way, but ultimately it's like, you got to establish in you, what type of woman you are. And be able to be grounded enough in that to be like, oh, nigga, that's what you want? Well, go get that because that ain't me and I'm cool with that. And that's the goal that we have to really all be striving towards, I think, is being able to get grounded in what we really are about and be unshakable in it, get rooted in it, you know? And and so that whenever the wind blows and listen, the winds of change in this social media world and just in society in terms of what's hot and what's not, those winds of change are happening All the time, you know, there's Mary Poppins coming in on the new winds of change all the time. But you got to still be grounded and and know that, like, no matter how those winds blow, you still going to be good. You're not going to be uprooted and supplanted somewhere else where you have to now get accustomed to a different climate. So it's really that you learn from others by paying attention to how what they're doing is valuable in what you're doing. And if it's not valuable, you can still congratulate. <laughs> you can still acknowledge. But if it is valuable, you, um, you synthesize that into your own space while still making space to say, that's dope that they did that. And I had a tough time with that at first when I moved to LA. I will not lie to you. And a friend told me, you're not going to get where you want to go until you start facing the reality of your jealousy. And until you can genuinely... Look at somebody else and be like, good for them while still knowing what's good for you and by looking at what they're doing and not seeing it as like um, a sign of what you haven't accomplished, but by seeing it as inspiration of what you're going to accomplish. Next question. How do you redefine yourself after you have been defined by social media/internet/all media slash internet slash all media? I always say that you can redefine yourself anytime you want. And how do you do that is you just do it. You know, for me, I used to be called Amanda Diva. And when I changed my name, people were like, you can't change your name because that's your brand. And I said, no, my work is my brand. So there's a tip right there. It's like, what, what has been defined your name, your work, your, um, your reputation. And, all of that is, is basically defined by what you present to the world. So the way that you shift that is by shifting what you present to the world, how you present it, how often you present it. You know, I had to realize that I was on this Internet all the time and I just got so comfortable with it that I lost sight of the reality that like people don't actually know me. So I need to take a better consciousness about what I am showing them in terms of my full-roundedness, in terms of, or do I just want to show a, a specific kind of messaging? And I had to get really honest with myself about how that shapes the way that people are defining me. And then I had to remember that I can shape how I define myself. And then I started doing that. And that's the thing I think a lot of folks fail to see about this social media shit is that, you know, some people just posting pictures of their kids and whatever. But if you are like, this is a, this is a representation of who I am or this is my business, you're going to have to curate. You're going to have to have a consciousness about what you're putting out there in a way that I think a lot of folks kind of just take for granted. And when we talk about them girls that are putting up these videos, the OnlyFans, and putting up the booty videos and the booty pics, et cetera, et cetera, trust and believe. They are curating a particular type of image to get a particular type of response. And that is a lot of times not how they live their lives on a daily basis. This is just a space that they have utilized to show a certain part of their life in order to get a certain response. Last question. How do you figure out who you are and honor that when social media has people projecting their bullshit onto you? How do you hold your head above the water of their false knowledge of you? Well, as somebody who has definitely dealt with this in a real way, first, you step away. You know, you got to cleanse. You got to cleanse and you got to reconnect to what actually matters. And you have to understand that you're going to have to cleanse and you're going to have to step away a lot of times and that you're going to have to just like avert your eyes and swipe and block and keep those boundaries. And a lot of us don't feel like we need to do that or feel like we shouldn't do that. Like people will even try and tell you that you can't do that or that you're lame for doing that. And I just had to be like, whatever, fuck y'all. I know know what's best best for me. Because at a certain point it became where people were feeling so free to attack me with lies and with their own assertions of who I am that I started to believe. And I've said this before, if you're not careful, you will let people who don't know you trick you into believing you are somebody you are not. (laughs) And that is because their version of you is based on their own perspective and you don't even have any investment in that. So, you know, part of it is first stepping away and cleansing the palate and just shutting out the noise and silencing the noise to save yourself. Because when we hear sticks and stones may I my bones, but words can never hurt me, it's like, then you ain't never been cursed out properly. Um, and let me tell you, there are words and phrases that have been said to me that I have carried throughout all 40 years that I have lived almost on this earth. So, yeah, words can absolutely hurt, scar, maim, pieces of you that don't exist in flesh, but that exist in emotion, that exist in spirit and exist in soul. So And, it's, and there's energy, too. So you have to, like, first do a sever because you have to cut the ties of that energy to you. Um, then you, I feel like you change, like who has access to you that can be unfollowing people that can be blocking people that can be changing your settings. And I know that once upon a time, this seems so perfunctory, but since social media is such a regular way of life, like these are real tools that you have to use, utilizing your privacy settings and your, your, your space, the setting, your privacy settings are what determine who gets to be allowed in your space. I created a whole app. SNFB Society, it's created because I was like, yo, I need a space where I can go and be in the social media mix that I enjoy without having to worry about degradation coming from disrespectful people, without having to worry about um, just randoms coming and spewing lies at me without repercussion, etc. I mean, I created that space because I wanted people to feel like they could be somewhere that doesn't have all the hoopla of, of the, um, the internets that are not monitored. You know, so that's that. And you hold your head above the water with their false knowledge. Some days you may feel like you're waterboarding, but you hold your head above water ultimately because you have to remember, like, you know what you know. And I've had to do that so many times. I had to just, like, pull myself back and remember, like, bitch, you know what you know? Why the fuck are you listening to that? Charlamagne is always on my head about that. Like, you know what you know. Stop letting that shit permeate because you don't even know them. So how could they possibly know shit about you that's factual? And, you know, I think that's really one of the biggest tricks of this internet is making us think that we know people and we don't know them and we don't know them. But I love, I I love these questions. Um, And the reason I asked this question is because this song speaks to how, you know, these images that we see and that we hear adjust the landscape that we're existing in in real time and that it really takes like concerted effort to be able to acknowledge that what you're feeling is the effects of the internet on your body image on your self image and that you actually do have control on how you react to that and it doesn't have to be about going outside of the parameters of the person that you actually know yourself to be All right. So in this new segment, the I'm going to be providing you guys with, you know, just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Supplementary materials that go along with the theme of the episode. Now this episode, all about Jasmine Sullivan's song, um, Girl Like Me, you know, that song is really talking about just the feeling of Uh, Not really wanting to be who you are because, you know, you've been made to feel like less than by these other folks, uh, by these dudes and by the internets and this pervasive presentation of women as a particular type of like perfection. And we all know that's some bullshit, but we got to be reminded ever so often that we are great just as we are. So I want to give you a playlist of songs to just help drive that home. First. It's a classic. Oh, let me also say this. Y'all know I'm old school, okay? So you're not going to get a lot of current, present-day songs on the script. Because basically, for me, if I'm DJing, when I don't have to play any songs after 2005, <laughs> it's been a good night. So, first song, a classic. Shaka Khan, I'm Every Woman. Listen when you start your day, you throw this on. And you know what? Just spice it up by doing the version with Whitney Houston. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan. And it takes you to another place. And you start to really believe. I'm everyone. I It's all in me. I mean, the lyrics are not uh, rhetorical. They're very clear. I'm every woman. It's all in me. And the fact is, it's true. It is in you. And I know that a lot of us get tricked into thinking that we have to be like super women and we have to do everything. And that's not what that means. What it means is that your peace is within you, your agency of deciding what you want to do and what you don't want to do is within you and your choice of who you are and how you give that to the world is within you. So remember, I'm every woman, Shaka Khan. Then we have Miss Queen Latifah. Who you calling a bitch? U-N-I-T-Y. U-N-I-T-Y. That's a unity. U-N-I-T-Y is Queen Latifah calling for the respect of women. And this song came out in the midst of, of course, the gangster rap and, you know, fuck these hoes and let me see it. And she was giving you another flavor, which is like, so quit calling women bitches and hoes. We are queens, we are mothers, we are sisters, we are lovers, all the above. So, U-N-I-T-Y, Queen Latifah. Then, if you're feeling low, you always got Tupac. Keep your head up. Now, Pac had his own, you know, songs where he's definitely fitting into the 90s gangster rap uh, paradigm of talking about women as bitches and hoes. But on this particular record... I could feel his mother, Fanny Shakur, coming through. And you're going to feel it, too, when you listen to it. Then we've got The Pretender's Brass in Pocket. I'm special. (laughs) I'm special. That lyric right there. And the way that they sing it on the song, you believe. Like, you know what? I am special. So special, and these are all affirmations, and I really believe a lot of music is that it's affirming. Also, we got, of course, the classic TLC, TLC Unpretty. "Unpretty." You can your hair, if you won't go. You can say your song, you I'm not saying the right lyrics, but you know the lyrics. And what they're saying in that song is that you could buy all this shit to try and make yourself pretty, but ultimately, if you're not feeling yourself in your heart and in your soul, it's not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter. Also, some other good ones: "Most Most Definitely quality, Quality," "Brown Skin Lady," and Bilal Soul Sister." All of these songs, I feel like, are songs that really just help to remind you of the true you, and that you are seen, and that you are loved, and that anybody who doesn't appreciate the version of you that exists in its own authentic self that doesn't feel like it is adhering to social norms that could possibly harm you or that take you outside of the natural organic space that you exist in. Anything, anybody that's about that don't matter. They don't. And don't change for those people because trust and believe those people are doing what they're doing because they're not grounded in anything. Ground yourself in you. And when you listen to these songs, think about that. That That one one time. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Man. Okay, so, of course, like I said in the beginning of this episode that I'm really glad that I didn't, like, come into my womanhood during the time of, like, social media. But that doesn't mean that, like, I haven't at another point in my life felt that I needed to switch up who I was in order to fit, you know, what it seemed like men and the male gaze were giving play to. And when I first got on MTV, um, I had a homeboy who I also had a crush on and he was just like, you know, you need to start straightening your hair and you need to, um, You need to start straightening your hair and you need to start wearing heels all the time. And I was just like, why do I got to do that? And he was like, because that's what a star looks like. And that is how you're going to be respected. And I did it. And it just, it felt so inauthentic and so disingenuous, and it just felt like I was putting on an outfit to appease, and then I realized, like, I didn't know who I was trying to appease, and then when I identified who I was trying to appease, which is basically, like, these hip-hop motherfuckers, I was like, I don't even respect the the people that I'm trying to appease, you know, like, so what if they, if they're paying more attention to me because I have, like, this look? If this look isn't my authentic self, then I, they're not really paying more attention to me. They're paying more attention to an image and I don't want to live as an image in my art and in my artistry. And so I had to make a decision and ultimately it became just like, you know, let me just be the B girl that I really am. And so I just started wearing Chucks and kangles all the time. Chucks and kangles, go bangles, door knockers, I'm to show stop. That was a lyric I have for one of my songs. And you know, it, I would look around at my peers, and it was a time where it's like the second coming of this feeling like you got to look like Kim and, and Foxy and whatnot. Like, I remember Shauna was one of the illest MCs out, and basically, she ended up being like hypersexualized in order to kind of fit the bill. But she didn't need, to, in my opinion, like, shut, fuck that. Like, she was in a dope MC and she could wrap circles around so many folks. You know, then you had like folks like um, Gangsta Boo. But see, Gangsta Boo, she was hypersexualized because that was her actual, like, flavor. You know what I mean? Like, to this day, she'd be just, like, letting it out. So it's, like, one thing when it's really who you are. It's another thing when it's, who me, when, when it's what people make you feel like you need to be in order to matter. And so now to see how that has permeated beyond, like, the space of entertainment into just everyday women's lives, like, that to me is just so disconcerting because so many young women are... On a whole other level, feeling this need to adjust their bodies and adjust their um, way of moving through the world to a, to appease, you know, and appeal to this concept of what it is to be desirable. And the women that I see who are making, who do the, you know, who create these images online, like I'm not even trying to blame them and say like, y'all are fucking it up for the regular chicks. No, like you doing you. But it's just that so many folks don't seem to understand the line between real and unreal. And it's, it's a lot of dudes that are really just caught up. And now we have OnlyFans, et cetera. I saw a thread on embracing black culture, which is one of my favorite Instagram pages. And there was a bunch of TikToks where women were saying like, y'all say that you love dark skin chicks. You know, you say you love black women, but your version is always like this perfectly quaffed, um, you know, idyllic type of image, you know, and it's the woman with, you know, this perfectly laid wig and the perfectly arched eyebrow and the perfect contoured makeup, et cetera, et cetera. And they were like, y'all ain't never talking about like regular chicks who have spots on our face or who, you know, have on a durag, I mean, not a durag, but a bonnet, you know, and who um, are just like regular chicks. And people were like, oh, so y'all just mad because they pretty, y'all just mad because they pretty. And it's like, nah, it's not really about them being pretty. It's really just about the fact that the standard of beauty has become (laughs) Facetune. You know, because it's like, It used to be that you get dressed up, you know, maybe to go to work and you get really dressed up to like go to an event. But now it's like motherfuckers is getting dressed up just to be in a picture and they're being seen so often that it feels like that's how they're living their whole existence. Baby, they're not doing that to go to CVS. Or are they? Are they? I feel like if you're doing that to go to CVS, there's something else going on that I don't know about. You're trying to get shows like at CVS. So... um. Yeah. I just, I get it. I get it. Like, there's a lot of, and then I see, sometimes I see Facetune going on, on these internets and I, in a way that makes me want to pull the person aside and, and talk to them. Cause it's like, why is it that you're doing so much of this filter on your face? Do you think that your face as it is, is not worth it? Or is it just that you're like, this is the aesthetic on here. So I'm just fitting into the aesthetic. It's a doozy. This is a real repercussion of the internets and of this digital medium. And the digital medium is not analog. And so much is lost in real life as it goes through the filter of digitization. And that happens in music and how it's recorded. And it also happens in messaging and how it's received. And there's a message that's being sent that many are receiving that says, I'm not good enough as a woman, as an around the way girl, as myself. I need to be out here showing my ass. I need to be out here, you know, with them dollars that. I need to be out here getting these niggas in order to have my power. And that is a lie. And I love this song by Jasmine Sullivan because it is a very honest expression of what so many women and particularly young women are feeling like they have to do in order to be valuable. And I want to let you know that you do not have to do none of that shit. And speaking of supplementary materials, check out my book, Small Doses, the partner book to this podcast. And I have a I have a, a um section in there about the whole phase. I have an essay in there about the whole phase that I think, you know, could be valuable. But you are valuable. And you should never base your value on how other people view you. And so if the men that you're looking at and that you're desiring, if they don't value you as who you are and they're valuing these other women for who they think they are, then that lets you know that their opinion is of no value and you need to keep on moving don't stop so go out and support jasmine sullivan's new effort hotels it is available now for streaming and download and i'm always about supporting true artistry and when i hear music like this that's thoughtful that is mindful that's arranged and that is really using the full breath of this woman's voice i say you know what let me give her all my money and let me give her all my time so shout out to jasmine she definitely has the range